This is a message for the adults. Hello, this is Darren from the Football for Kids podcast. Hopefully, you and the kids are both enjoying the podcast and learning lots from every episode. I really want to keep the podcast free and available for everyone to listen to for as long as the podcast outlets allow me to. So, I've set up a Patreon page, and if you're able to, and if you want to, you can support the podcast to keep it going by clicking on the link in the description. Please only do it if you can, though. That's all for now. Here comes the guitar. to the Football for Kids podcast with me, Darren Rees. In this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the greatest football stadiums in the world. A place where Pele said was the cathedral of football, the capital of football and the heart of football. Of course, we're going to be talking about the mightily impressive home of the England team, Wembley Stadium. Before we do that, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's put a review in the Apple podcast, including Sebi747, who says, too good, with about 500 thumbs up. Grace, who says, I love this podcast, the involvement of women's football, I never knew so much about their early lives. And Molly, who says, I love this, it's amazing, and I love listening to it at bedtime. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a review. Right then, let's do some shout-outs and some messages, shall we? And the first one says, Hello Darren, we are Shay, aged 8, and Luca, aged 6, from Washington, D.C. We'd like a shout-out for our team. The Tacoma Park Maroon Dragons. I hope I've pronounced that right. We support Aston Villa, and we'd like to hear more about Ollie Watkins and Tyrone Mings. Our dad would like to hear you talk about Paul McGrath. Love the show from Shay and Luca. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for being listeners. And a big shout out to your football team. I hope that you're doing really well. And a massive shout out to your football coaches and also to your dad, Keith. The next one says, Hi Darren, I love your podcast and I look forward to every new episode. My name is Connor, I am nine years old and I'm from Dublin in Ireland. I play for my local club, Talca Rovers, and I support Liverpool even though my mum is from Manchester. I also support Bohemians and Ireland. I go to all the Ireland matches. My favourite players are Troy Parrott and Andy Robertson. I hope Ireland qualify for the Euros. Please do an episode on Irish football and Andy Robertson. And that is from Connor in Ireland, who's got a birthday coming up on the 13th of May. So I hope that you have a really good birthday, Connor. Thank you very much for being a listener and thank you for your message. And the last one says, Hello, my name is Ethan. Can you give a shout out to my team, Anisdale and Southport? We're in the cup final. I'm eight years old. Well, a big shout out to you, Ethan, and a big shout out to everybody in your football team. You sent that message about five or six weeks ago and I've just got round to it. And hopefully the cup final's been and gone and I hope that your team got the win. Thank you very much for your message and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Right then. Let's get on with it, shall we? Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium is a place where millions of people have stepped foot in over the years. 
a place where different nationalities have had the joy of watching the beautiful game in a place rich in history. The original stadium was built over 100 years ago in 1922 and it opened in 1923. It wasn't actually called Wembley Stadium in those days, it was called the Empire Stadium. The cost of the building was around £750,000, which is the equivalent of spending £45 million of today's money. It took 300 days exactly to build the stadium. For a place as big as it was, that is pretty quick. The stadium also had some towers built within its structure, and they were known as the Twin Towers. Technology has thankfully improved over the years and what we do now and what we know now when making buildings is very different to what they did know a hundred years ago. The people building the stadium didn't know if the stands would hold up with all the people jumping up and down watching a football match. So the way that they tested it is they got thousands of soldiers along to join the workers in the ground and nothing broke so they just carried on building. The first bit of turf was cut in the stadium by the King of Great Britain, King George V, and it quickly became a very special place to play football. The stadium was built to have a maximum of 127,000 fans in there. In those days, there was a lot of standing and cramming people in. They were like sardines in tins. The first match that was held there was the FA Cup final between West Ham and Bolton Wanderers. The FA and the people running the football stadium didn't do a pre-sale ticket because they didn't think enough people would turn up to the game. After all, there was 127,000 spaces. How wrong would they turn out to be? So many people turned up that the organisers reckoned that there was between 240,000 and 300,000 who tried to get into the match through the 104 entrances. The game was nearly abandoned as there was fans spilling out everywhere, all over the pitch. Eventually, thanks to the police and their horses, they got the fans away from the pitch and a particular policeman called George Scorey and his lovely big white horse called Billy. 45 minutes late, the game kicked off and Billy was named the hero for saving the match. Did you know there's a footbridge at Wembley Stadium now called the White Horse Bridge and that is because of that match and Billy the Horse. Oh, and you're probably wondering, who won that day? Bolton beat West Ham 2-0, and the official attendance, once people had been removed from the pitch, was quoted at 127,000. However, the many people who were there reckon there was a lot more. Since 1923, Wembley has been the host of the FA Cup Final, the League Cup Final, and it's even held the European Cup final on numerous occasions. And of course, let's not forget that famous 1966 World Cup final. It was at the World Cup in that tournament that the great Pelé said it was the Cathedral of Football. Not only did the old stadium host iconic finals of so many major competitions and matches, but for years it hosted lots of different sporting matches, including American football, rugby league, horse jumping, boxing, and much more. Some of the greatest athletes from other sports have also competed in the stadium. For example, the great Muhammad Ali and the brilliant Usain Bolt, and many, many others. The stadium was also famous for holding music concerts for some of the greatest and most respected music artists and bands on the planet. 
1948, the biggest sporting event on the planet was held in England and in London, the 1948 Olympics. The old Wembley Stadium was the main venue for the whole games. So from 1923 to the 7th of October in the year 2000, the old Wembley Stadium was one of the, if not the, most iconic sporting venues on the globe. But it was time to rebuild Wembley and make it the biggest seated stadium in the United Kingdom and a place where millions more would dream of going to see their team one day. One of the most exciting football tournaments held at Wembley was the Euros in 1996. England made it all the way to the semi-finals and were beaten by Germany on penalties. Gareth Southgate won't have good memories of that game as he missed a penalty which sent the Germans through. I think it's fair to say he's making up for it with the success he's had with England. And in that tournament in 1996, Alan Shearer was the top scorer. We'll be doing an episode on him very soon. On the 30th of September in 2002, the new Wembley Stadium was underway and it cost a whopping great £789 million to build. One of the most famous things with the new Wembley Stadium is the massive arch, the Wembley Arch. The arch plays a vital part of holding the structure together. It's 132 metres tall, which is so tall that it has to have flashing lights on it so that low-flying aeroplanes can see it and don't crash into it. The arch is also so wide that you could drive a train through the middle of it. If you get the train to Wembley, as you walk out the station, you will see Wembley Way and a sea of people and the enormous arch. It's an impressive sight. The stadium was finally reopened in 2007 and ready for hundreds of thousands of fans to come and experience one of the best sporting venues on the planet. The new Wembley Stadium has one of the best views in the world. There are no pillars or posts or anything to obstruct your view. Every single one of the 90,000 seats has a clear view of the pitch. That is pretty rare in football. The first ever match at the new stadium was actually held between the people who built the stadium and some of the staff members who work at the stadium. But the first ever proper professional match at the new stadium was held between the England under-21s and the Italian under-21s. The match ended free all and sold 60,000 tickets. That is an enormous amount of tickets for an under-21 side. Since then, Wembley Stadium has become the home of the Free Lions and, of course, the Lionesses. It's also become the place where music artists and bands want to play their concerts. It's become the British home for American football and so many other major events. A few fun facts to finish this podcast. Wembley is the second biggest stadium in Europe. Only the new Camp, which is Barcelona Stadium, is bigger. Another fact, if you were going to run or walk around the whole stadium, you would clock up one kilometre. The big screens in the stadium are the same size as 600 normal TVs in someone's house. Another one is, if you were going to fill the stadium up with milk, you would need 7 billion pints. It's a lot of milk and a lot of cows. And the final one, Wembley has more toilets than any other stadium in Europe. 2,618 to be precise. Mind you, maybe they were thinking about the 7 billion pints of milk. You'd need all those toilets, wouldn't you? I hope that you've enjoyed listening and learning about England's National Stadium, a place if you are lucky enough to have been, you will know how amazing it is. And if you haven't, I'm sure one day it will happen for you as well. 
And for some of you, you might even end up playing it. So, remember, if you know someone who loves football just as much as you do, then please tell them about Football for Kids. And whether you're playing football soon, watching it on the telly or pitch side, I hope that you enjoy the game. See you next time.